You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Monster House presents. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Hey there. What follows is an audio version of an interview originally recorded as part of our Monster Talk Live streaming series that Karen and I hosted during 2020. As of this posting, we're not currently doing those live shows, but they are archived on YouTube. You can check the show notes for a link to this particular episode. And the live format's definitely something we're going to try to get back to in the future. These episodes do not get the normal editing treatment of a traditional monster talk, and because of the variety of issues that happen during live recordings, the audio quality may be wildly varied, and you should assume there will be some not-safe-for-work content, so I'm posting all of these as explicit just in case. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Monster Talk. Your contributions at patreon.com forward slash monster talk and your positive reviews on the podcasting platforms and applications that you use to listen Help us reach new listeners and spread the important message that monsters can be a great tool to learn critical thinking. We need critical thinking now more than ever. Monster Talk is hosted by me, Blake Smith, and my co-host, Dr. Karen Stolzno. If you enjoy this show, please check out our deep catalog of fascinating interviews with experts about psychology, sociology, anthropology, folklore, religion, and more. Monster Talk. So I, I come to reiterate our, our start because Karen's back now. Uh, I was just saying that this is yeah, uh, what were you saying about me. This is a test. We're giving this a shot. A, a lot of people are stuck at home right now. Could use some entertainment, including, including or, this, or, or this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, we thought it would be a fun idea to try. We, I mean, obviously, Karen and I get to do this live every time, and then we edit it down to something that hopefully you enjoy. And uh, that's why it's much more polished than this. It's polished. It's uh, it's edifying <laughs> and educational. And oh, gee, I caught it too. No, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the uh, I'm trying to avoid talk about that. Right. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed our. Uh, thank you very much again, Karen for putting together our our, our uh, coronavirus episode. Oh, I mean, no that worries. would not have happened. Right? Well, thank yeah, you to Maddie Love work. for suggesting Vincent Racaniello. Uh, mm-hmm. Racaniello. Yes. yes. He's got a name that's as difficult as my last name to pronounce. <laughs> uh, it, you know, as I'm married to someone who's half Italian <clears throat> and half Latvian. So oh. um, that's really the end of that story. There's really nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, it gives me no special powers, no special anything. So I'll, I, I, but, but she's kids. a very special woman. But yeah, the kids, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But the kids. <laughs> the COVID so, episode was awesome. Yeah, we've had a lot of feedback about that episode, and uh, it was just really good to be able to put something out with some science-based information because there's so much crap out there, so much, uh, so many myths and misconceptions out there, and, and still. Um, so yeah, it's been good feedback about that. Yeah, it's been great. And then uh, our next episode's about screaming skulls. Um yes. which if you if you want to go ahead and read ahead, Karen wrote a story about screaming skulls, a fiction. She's doing a lot of fiction that I'm really impressed by. Um and this is some and- downtime in between editing and indexing of other books. So <laughs> I'm actually doing something I enjoy. So I'm wanting to put together a compilation of short stories and that's why I'm putting yes, so it- many in quick succession. They remind me very much of, uh, and I've said this in a couple of comments to you, but they remind me very much of like EC Comics kind of stories. Some of them have a twist, and and um, yeah, but I they was, but uh, go ahead. Really inspired by Roald Dahl. Um, there used to be a show. Oh, yeah. I can't think of what it was called. There, Tales of the Unexpected. It's uh, it sure was. Yeah, two a.m. or something. Um, really yep. weird, creepy thing. I, I have all those. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and uh, inspired by uh, Guillaume Maupassant and just another a bunch of short story writers because no one's really writing short stories anymore. And um, I, I think it's just an underrated yeah, genre. So I yes. Uh, well, I imagine most of our listeners do too. I mean, it's, yes. um, I hope, yeah, I hope so. And it's yeah. fun to write about historical topics as well. Oh, I, by the way, we are not, um, I, at least I am not operating in full sobriety. This uh, has some tequila in it. Just FYI. I, I have a glass of wine, but I'm, I'm still too sober. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to pretend that even though it says Dasani, Dasani so, is not normally orange and it's not normally full of liquor. So, yeah. So are you engaging in day drinking at the moment during this time? Um, What time is it? Isn't it evening? It's nighttime now, isn't it? It's, it's after nine. I yes, mean, nine, I ten. Mean, oh, in general. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not for the, no, I'm working. The, the, the public. no, 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 no. I don't I don't get to do any day drinking, sadly. I, I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun just yeah. kind of keep a light buzz going, but uh, a, no, there's um, <laughs> how did thoughts go through my head at various times? Yeah, no, no, and I, <laughs> I did one time try to mow after having some tequila, and I can't recommend, can't recommend. Oh. So not in the summertime in Georgia. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. It's a, a dumb idea. So it was a tequila inspired idea. So enough of that. Um, I did but, not expect Blake to look like Archie from Warehouse Thirteen. Yeah, yeah, me either. Uh, there's another, there's, there's, um, yeah, this is the, I apologize to everyone who had a different idea of what I look like. That's, yeah, me too, you know. Well, 
they've, they've seen pictures online before. I think. What, what? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I shaved my head today, and then ended up like shaving a big piece of it off, which. In, so I've got. <laughs> Ouch! This, this, I have no hair, but I also have like a big open wound right now. So I need to. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was bad. I was starting yeah. to look like a mountain man, so I trimmed everything down because I knew we'd be on camera you today. Live, you live in the mountains or near enough? I, I yeah, we we're on the edge of the North Georgia mountains. We are, yeah. we are. We so I guess we should get into take a few show. questions here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get this show started. Just cool. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, you said it already, but that we posted on Facebook uh, and said that we'd be doing this show and uh, just tried to source questions from the people and our listeners oh, and, and Facebook what are the are, members. Are we in the Maritimes? I am not. We're in the end times. That's very different. I'm not end sure what the Maritimes are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that might not have been even addressed to us, by the way. That um, is that's probably not. Yeah, I think. Yes, and you're absolutely right, Facebook user. Everybody's Facebook user to us right now. Sorry about that. But the uh, the green screen does mean that you can uh, drop uh, Godzilla into my backdrop and post. Uh, I, I'm hoping to make use of that at some point. That was uh, actually purchased. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. I use Patreon money to buy this green screen with the intent that at some point, Karen and I will start doing more video work. Sorry. Yeah, we'd like to. Yeah, this is a good start anyway. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, James just joined us, which is perfect timing because our first question comes from James. Ah, James um, Neeland. James Neeland, who is uh, we a uh, friend of the show. Uh, he has been doing, they're basically, I mean, Karen set up the Monster Talk Facebook group. Uh, James has been helping out tremendously with administering it and keeping the spirit of open, friendly discussion alive, yeah. which we really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And posting. Oh, am I, am I copy? Too. Someone says I've got Georgia internet. Oh, no. So... <laughs> <laughs> What I have is I have really good internet and then four people upstairs streaming different videos. That's what's All really right, happening. Right, yeah. so, so. But uh, James asks, mm-hmm. do you ever find it difficult to separate the skeptic in you from the wanna believer, given that you both have a love of the macabre, the spooky, the weird, the wondrous? Do you often find yourself wishing that some legends, some cryptids were true? Which is a great question. Yeah. Karen? Yeah. Um, well, I think I've been what some might call a professional skeptic for so long that I think it's my default thinking to always question and analyze everything, but to also keep an open mind. Um, so I think that uh, I really do default to being a skeptic. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't have a love for a lot of these stories. And I think we've talked about this a lot over the years about uh, loving the folklore and the, the stories and um, so it would certainly be fun if some of these stories would be true. And I guess we'll get into that a bit later too, some of the other questions. Um, but uh, I, I think I'm sceptic foremost, um, but but also a fan of, of all of the folkloric aspects. How about you? Well, I know I've talked a little bit about it on the show that I come from a background where I was a very religious person and and believed in a lot of the supernatural and then had some very spooky, haunting-like experiences that was really scary. And learning about uh, sleep paralysis and going down that road of trying to find out more about logical fallacies and the sort of the, the logician side of skepticism, as well as the mystery investigation side, has made me become more of a default skeptic. But I still love spooky stuff and I still want this stuff to be true. I don't like I like to go in in, um, uh, to an investigation with the let's assume 
anything's possible and just look at the answers. Like let's examine things and figure out what's going on. But I, I do, I do still, I understand that longing for the numinous. I, I understand that longing to, that you want there to be more than this, right? You want there to be more to the universe than just science and materialism. And, you know, and when you, recently my grandfather passed away, he was 104, obviously terrible skateboarding accident. Um, but he, you know, when you lose a loved one, um, it's easy to really want them to keep going. And, and what, as a materialist, yeah. I sort of take the approach of, I want them to keep going. I don't expect that they are, but as a, as there's someone important to me, I'll always carry them with me. So well, I think we've spoken before about grief hallucinations. Some people call them oh, yeah. hallucinations and Oliver Sacks has written about them a lot too. And uh, I've heard all different kinds of kinds of statistics that 50% to 80% of people who lose a loved one experience some kind of phenomena, which makes them think that they're still around. They might smell their perfume or uh, catch a glance of them out of the corner of their eye. Um, they might think that they see them somewhere um, or that they hear their voice. So, yeah, I think these, this is a really common human experience to yeah. um, to experience these kinds of things and also to hope that there is some kind of afterlife. And we should do some shows on reincarnation too, I think. That's a really interesting topic. So it is. Yeah, um, we now we've got, I'm going to hop over to a Facebook user who asks, uh, I've only been listening for a couple of years, but how did you guys meet and start this awesome podcast? Yeah, <laughs> um, well, we, we met uh, 2008 and that was a dragon con. Um, and yeah. And we just, I think had uh, lunch together with, could have been, was it with James Randy and a bunch yeah, of other well, yeah, skeptics? Yes, and, yeah. It was a big old skeptic table. Yeah, just got talking about my. I think we actually, I think we actually started talking about Jeff the Talking Mongoose at that meeting, like which was, uh, it's like that's such an obscure monster. I was so impressed that you knew about it. So yeah, well, yeah, and, and ever since then we've we've shared stories of obscure like, monsters, and, and that's we'll always have that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I see someone's also asked us how the apocalypse is, is treating us. Oh, so far so good. I don't know how it is there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we had to get up at seven o'clock in the morning to go on a, a search for toilet paper, and and still didn't find any. <laughs> when so, I got married, I I told my wife that I wanted to have a bidet in the house, and I it's twenty years later. I still yes, I'm using an yeah, old that, sock. That yes, was an inevitable am. question. <laughs> Something to, to do with the red hot chili peppers, I guess. But, no, no, it, it is a clean sock, by the way. I've tried many pieces of equipment now. for managing pop filters and sound dampening. It turns out that one of my Sunday socks, uh, which I don't use for church anymore, is perfect <laughs> for this. Um, yeah. so, what did uh, you use it for before? Uh, yeah, it, what is, I have another. There's a pair of them. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I lost my train of thought. Um, um, oh, oh, how's the, the apocalypse treat me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah, no. Oh my God! Cat at me here. I don't want to be. Um, I shouldn't be touching my face. By the way, blah, blah, blah. okay. Um, yeah. Really should. well, honestly, really well. Oh, We're doing really well. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. Um, the, um, I'm turning this ringer on. Thing, off thing. But the, um, my wife's been cooking. My kids have been incredibly well behaved. Everybody's adapted. We, it's been one week, and we've uh, taken to homeschooling like it was pro. I mean, like they knew exactly what to do. It's been great. 
I can't be prouder. I, I'm so happy with everybody here at Team Smith's, you know, Monster Talk Central. It's It's been really great. Well, you haven't got a four-year-old. <laughs> I am fortunate to not. He's, it, it, he's climbing the walls. Oh, he's I mean, no, I, I, we know school. we're lucky. Um, can can you imagine? I mean, I mean, well, I mean, uh, if you like, we had we have twins that you know we decided to stop at two and got three, and um, I, I remember how many times we had to go get diapers every week. Uh, uh, you know, there, yeah. so we live out in the suburbs. The diaper laundry service was on a choice. You know, just anyway, I I pity. I know everybody has different circumstances, but this is a rough time, and that's why we're glad to be able to hopefully distract you and entertain you for a few minutes. Um, Matt Metcalf Armstrong asks, was there a particular paranormal or monster story that sets you on your current paths? Uh, understanding that each of you probably had a different one. Um, well, I, for me, I think I just had a, a love of, uh, my first interest was in ghosts. So I was writing stories about ghosts from the age of five. I think I just heard some local kids talking about uh, ghosts that they'd seen. And so I think that there were things I were picking up from television or from friends and family, that kind of thing. Uh, so I was just really fascinated by the idea of um, of ghosts and um, just kept researching that. I think we've talked a lot before about uh, us-born books or use-born books. Yes, yes, And how yes. they uh, really inspired a lot of our listeners. And uh, so I had all of those books. I stole them from my brother and he's a bit older than me and had a collection of books on ghosts. And I was just fascinated by it all. Um, uh, yeah, that was the, how many parts were there to that question? Just the one, what was there a particular monster story that set you on your paths? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you and I've talked about this uh, a lot before about, uh, stories like Jeff, the talking mongoose, like Lord Dufferin and, and the urban legend associated with him, uh, like Borley Rectory, um, and gosh, what other, other stories? I mean, there are just so many of them that that you and I, Screaming Skulls as well, um, had both heard of and read about yeah. and were familiar with. And um, I think we've just grown up with a, a love of those stories and uh, you know, tried to turn it into a job or at least a, an interest. Don't make me spit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, the Usborne book in particular, um, the one for The Unexplained, or it might have been the one for Ghosts, which I think that they bound like two together. I, yeah, I've I, got a few of them here, but it's yeah. sort of accessible. The and they just re-released them last year, I think. Uh, they, they they did, um, which was yes, very impressive. with a forward by, was it Reese Shearsmith, the guy from um, uh, League of Gentlemen and the um, various comedy shows. He wrote a yeah, forward I, and he spoke the, about how that had influenced him. So it seems like it's yeah. influenced a lot of people. A lot of people, yep, yep. Were successful, not us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I feel like we're pretty successful in some ways, but it'd be great to, if we could do this full time, that'd be wonderful. But I, oh. I do enjoy my day, day job. Um, um, and, and yeah, I'll, enough about finances, but we appreciate our Patreon support very much, very, very, very much. much. Yeah. <laughs> we do. I, for myself, um, I was an early Bigfoot adopter, so um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think in the first grade, um, when I got introduced to the library, I was first of all amazed that the school had its own library. That was a really big deal. And then I was also uh, impressed because um, you get there in the zero section, you find all the paranormal ghost books, Bigfoot books, and I, boy, I tore through that um, a lot. Yeah, so 
just a big fan of 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 monsters in general. But Bigfoot was really um, probably my gateway drug. Although I apparently I read the Jeff story really early on and didn't realize how old or, or, or rather how young I was. Not really how long ago it was. Yeah. So that that was I because I I kept trying to find the story that introduced me. And what I remembered about the story was it wasn't long. And then at the end, it talked about a, the, a new person moving into the farm and shooting a mysterious mongoose like animal. And it the ends with the question, was it Jeff? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that's in the Usborne book. That's that's the exact text of the Usborne book. It, it matched perfectly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so Facebook user number eighty five. I don't know who it is. Said the folklore <laughs> podcast with Mark Norman has an episode. They, abs- I meant to say that. Yes, exactly. They have a they have an entire episode about uh, with the. I, if I remember correctly, it's a woman who had helped to bring the book back. Um, yeah, it was really, really editor, good. I can't remember her name, but yeah, she just realized that there was a lot of demand for the book still. And uh, I mean, and, people and were being still, schooled on the zero, the sections. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my exactly. sons are already into them. Just even at four, he likes to flick through and look at the pictures and um, wants me to tell him what the stories are about. And so it's just new generations are getting interested in this too, but they are really famous stories, historical stories. And, that have just been passed on for, for generations now. And um, they're just still very riveting. Yes. Um, Deidre Harrington asks, for what cryptid do you think there's enough evidence that you may believe it to be a real creature, though not a barred owl? Like, like, like it really, is there really such a cryptid? Like, like, uh, and they pointed out that like at one point early in the show, uh, Darren Nash came on and said that he thought maybe Orang Pendak was real. Uh, I think his thinking there may have changed but is there any cryptid you think might be real hmm. well i think we want to do a show on the thylacine um because we, uh, we we did one some time ago didn't we but I yeah think we it, did one it was conjunctive years ago that's not real in conjunction with the um the movie they did about uh the thylacine there was a the hunter i think they had uh willem dafoe uh, as a guy trying to hunt down the thought. So we talked about it before, but yeah, that, that's, a, well, that's a good, I think we should revisit that. it because yeah, there no, are sure. a couple of cryptozoologists. And I think even a scientist or two who believe that there have been sightings and other people who are trying to clone them as well. So I'm not saying that necessarily that means the thylacine is real or could be real, but I think it's another animal uh, that we should revisit because there's a lot of discussion about it right now. I think there was an episode of uh, the Joe Rogan experience and he had a, an Australian guy on who claims that he's hunting the thylacine and thinks he's seen them. I am also hunting the thylacine, Karen. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, so far, nothing. Maybe perhaps we are crap. all hunting yeah. the thylacine. <laughs> I can only hunt it in my backyard because of social distancing. Yeah. So but, Tasmanian but, tiger, as someone said, yes, indeed. The yes, exactly. Tiger. Yeah. And not, not the one from the Chuck Jones cartoons no i i'm old enough to remember when um this weird animal called the megamouth shark was found in the 1970s and they covered it in national geographic and my grandfather used to get national geographic and we would get the the hand-me-downs and um it was found uh by accident it ate a boat anchor it was it's a pretty good sized shark it ate the anchor on a boat uh-huh. And they, you know, no bait, you know, it just ate the anchor. But um, so my point is that the ocean is full of things we don't know about. And mm-hmm. I, I know That's we're exploring good. it more, but uh, my best guess is that there's probably some really interesting sea life out there that we haven't found yet. 
Um, I don't think uh, we're going to find a sea serpent in the classic sense. I think there's a lot of cultural things going on to like make people misunderstand. I, one of my favorite things is the, uh, the people who have uh, hypothesized that many people, uh, many of the strange sea serpents seen are uh, possibly whale penises. That's just, that's perfect. That amuses me. I remember like I was one of those people who uh, would read a lot of nature books and have lots of trivia and uh, knowing that like a whale penis could be like six feet tall and three feet around at the base. Uh, I was like, that's great trivia. So uh, there's nothing for my ego, but it, it really is great trivia. <laughs> Good trivia for Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so apparently the answer is for people who are wondering, uh, two thirds of a bottle before I start talking about whale penises. That was for anybody who had bets. Uh, of orange uh, juice, yeah. yeah. Fanta. <laughs> Sun kissed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um so let's see. But uh, you were talking about sharks, uh, and I've been wanting to do an episode on the Greenland shark. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. That story? yeah. So that goes back a couple of months ago, but there was this ancient-looking shark. To see pictures of it, it looks medieval, if you could say that about a shark. Um, but it, it, there are claims that it's about 512 years old, that that particular type they're of They're quite old. I, what I found more just you know, the fact that they're ancient and large is really interesting. The fact that that most of them around Greenland have had their eyeballs eaten out by parasites and still live full long lives, that is freaky. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! The, like you see these huge, weird sharks with worms crawling out of their eyes. It is ah ah. Uh, yeah, that, that's reminding me of a story I've seen. I think James posted it on Facebook uh, about a mummified-looking snake. Uh, there's some kind of parasite that's attacking snakes in California and. Google it. It's not a very pleasant image, though. It's <laughs> if you're one of those people affected by patterns, it, it's very unpleasant to see. Yeah. But its face is swollen, and uh, and it's it just its uh, eyes are. I think it's gone blind, so its eyes are kind of glass glassy looking, and um, yeah, it just looks very strange. So wow. they're worried worried that that's going to start spreading now too. <laughs> I. I- I personally care, but I, I, that's the kind of thing my dad would be like, good, you know, so, oh, man, yeah. my mother he, he makes. Yeah. yeah well, coming from Australia, it's a different perspective. <laughs> Greg as Dorian. Hey, Greg uh, asks, how much overlap do you see between the myths and cryptids of different culture similarities? What do you think it says about the shared human fears and experiences? That, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think, with a lot of the topics that we've treated, um, we've found, you know, whether it's Bigfoot uh, or whether it's witches, it seems like there are examples of these creatures and types of people across cultures uh, with different variants and that seem to be influenced by culture and time as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that there, it's, it does seem to be a shared human experience and um, the, these are the kinds of stories that we're told and we tell to our children. And, um, yeah, I, I think it, it, they do seem to be universal, if we can say that. To yeah. There's, um, in, in folklore as a study, there's this whole concept of motifs where you have recurring, it's kind of like tropes in, in fiction, but you have uh, recurring elements over and over again. And when it's monster related, I keep thinking, especially of the the wild man, the green man, 
um, these, these, um, these nature creatures that there's the yaoi and so i'm in and i I think what uh i've recently become very aware of and very concerned about is like how many of these are important cultural story artifacts let's call them that Uh, Mm -hmm. they're, they're part of of these individual cultures and as uh western culture sort of comes into the area uh, cryptozoology says, well, that's your story, but there's really an animal behind this. And I, and I, it makes me uh, very concerned about how, like again and again and again, cryptozoology relies on co-opting folklore into the basis of, of, of uh, evidence, evidence-based uh, research. And so I just worry that, that in some sense, cryptozoology has become a way of sort of crushing out myth and replacing it with kind of a, almost a different myth, you know, when a, an animal based myth, but still looking for like a real animal where maybe there's never anything. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. I'm still working on these thoughts. And I can see someone said, great question. I wonder if that's the author of the question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Can't tell. All right. Uh, well, it must be his Facebook user. So <laughs> uh, let's see. What else have we got? Garrett Ernst Erickson asks, if you could choose one cryptid to be a hundred percent real, what would it be and why? Oh, gee, that's really hard to answer because um, I, I think ghosts. It would be fun if ghosts existed, but I'm not sure if I'd want most cryptids to exist. I think it'd be pretty scary if Bigfoot existed, yeah. and um, you know these um, giants of the ocean and other creatures that we've talked about. Um, I think a lot of them would be pretty frightening and dangerous. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I still go back to Jeff the Talking Mongoose. I think that it had he been real, that would have been a really fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with um, the succubus, and I'm not going to explain <laughs> why. <laughs> well, self-explanatory, hey? One would hope. <laughs> oh, uh, how would you go about gaining evidence for such a creature? Well, let me tell you in great detail. <laughs> yeah. I think anecdotal evidence is enough. We can just... Ask yeah. Anna Nicole Smith, or now she's the one <laughs> herself. <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs, Ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not 
alien species that are Sasquatch. Like I've seen a ghost and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose, it kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Let's see. I copied that one twice, so that was not smart. Okay, let's see. Uh, Kevin O'Malley asks, what do you consider to be the longest running monster myth in modern times? So that's that's um, that's kind of an academic question, isn't it? What monster has been around the longest? And I assume he's talking about cryptids here, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we've looked at you know much more than just cryptids uh, over well, the years. Yeah, Vamp- I'm going to have vampires and witches. Vampires. And yeah, but but ghosts have been around a, since ancient Greece. I mean, like one of the earliest ghost stories we have is of, uh, I, and I believe it's the one that has the rattling chains. It's been a while since I looked at it, but it's um, uh, basically a ghost is keeping someone up at night, scaring people, and they they go to find out why it didn't get a good burial, so they have to give mm-hmm. it a proper burial, and that that lays the ghost to rest, and. That, which, if you think about most ghost stories, they're either ghost scares person away or ghost investigator has to figure out how to lay the ghost to rest. And this is yeah. like that's ancient Greece. That's a, I mean, that's that's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know about other about cryptids and monsters, though. I, I, I mean, how how far back do uh, sea creatures like uh, um Loch Ness monster go and oh I guess that that's much more recent but yeah that's pretty recent but you get like Leviathan uh, from the Bible uh in ancient Babylon dragons, they have, yeah. yeah yeah dragons uh, the, the Tiamat I mean obviously some of these are gods that we now think of as monsters but you know yeah yeah uh yeah. uh Gilgamesh had a wild man that's true um uh, <laughs> in- Enkidu I think if I remember correctly my uh my uh memory is not what it used to be because I'm yeah. old so I'm not sure it's actually that I'm old. I think it's maybe just having kids around the house all the time. Like yeah. they wear down your concentration. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Even just one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, see, Michael Allison. Or Someone Allison? said I should drink every time Blake says a pun. Well, you know, I haven't made many that... puns. So I hope yeah, I'm okay. I don't think you've made any tonight. Yeah. I don't know what's oh. wrong with you. I, I think you're, is it this, this think... Armageddon? It's getting to you. Okay, let, let's talk about puns. <clears throat> yeah, let's not. So, <laughs> I'm not saying let's pun. Let's talk about puns, though. So the more I know, here's some behind the scenes. You see me appealing the curtain back. Behind the scenes. Um, the Don't more I back know so about far that we can see you're not wearing pants. <laughs> ah, not quite that far. But the more I know about a topic, and the, um, the more likely I am to make puns. Like the less I know and the more I'm in active learning mode, Oh, okay. So, so when you feel comfortable with a topic, you, you feel yeah, right. So if we're talking about a monster I know a lot about, it could get really bad if I'm not careful because I, I I think of them all the time. But um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've done interviews with you where you've, uh, you've <laughs> gone into um, uncharted territory and you've been pretty quick to make puns. Yeah, I think it's yeah. 
the more I think about my own personal assessment, the more I'm wondering maybe I'm wrong. But I think that, yeah. like I like right now I'm running. I'm trying to watch the the Facebook the, feed yeah. and the yeah. question and this. So I don't I don't feel like I have as many free cycles in a computer sense uh, to like work on puns. Um, but yeah, yeah, something like that. So. Uh, <laughs> The night, the night is still young. We've still got 20 minutes or so. so. Yeah, and, and I'm also, yeah. I mean, like if you ask me, could you make a pun about Topic X? I, yes, yeah. Make, but right I now think, I'm like, I am a Thomas Pynchon fan. I think uh, you're suffering performance anxiety. <laughs> well, that could be, yes. Uh, I, yeah, I, this, this has never happened to me before. <laughs> but I assure you uh, that normally I'm hard and fast with the puns. So, yeah. For your or, not really fast. When I say fast, what I mean is vigorous. <laughs> <in the process. laughs> oh. oh my gosh! Uh, uh, so someone asked about Thomas Pynchon. I, I'm a big fan of uh, the Crying of Lot Forty Nine, um, the one with the Tristero. Um, I really like that book a lot. Um, do a pun with Inkidu. Uh, you know when I when I think of Inkidu, I think of. Uh, uh, Jimmy Durante in like Inka Dinka Do, he has that song, and I, I, I'm sure that's not what he's trying to sort of say. Um, no, maybe, maybe it'll come to you as we, keep yeah, it, but Inka Do, like, I, typically use him like as a, a, a sort of a, he's a prototypical hairy man creature, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, I he is Just interesting, like, like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. So, everywhere but the top of my head, God, I'm glad we're not nature is cruel. Cool. Yeah, it, but, I'm, but I'm not. I'm not going to, to do shots or, or drink every time you make a pun because I would. Well, you know, speaking of being like, drunk. Well, I went. My daughter likes uh, cosplay, and she has a bunch of different wigs and stuff. And so, as a joke, I grabbed one of her like rainbow colored wigs and put it on. I was going to go talk to her, and as I was walking oh, to her room, I passed the restroom, <laughs> I passed the bathroom, and I saw myself in the mirror. I was like, "Oh, I look pretty good with blue and green hair." I was like. <laughs> yeah. Just wear that, you know. So, <laughs> well, next time, next time we do, we guess you can wear a wig. Yeah. Anyway, the point of all that was that the colored hair was my inky do. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, see, there's some some eye rolls for for. So, yeah. Right. So, is Michael Allison, do you think monster folklore still has a mainly cautionary function? Or has that changed with old fears being replaced with new ones? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah, because uh, I think a, a lot of uh, a lot of paranormal claims um, historically have been because we just didn't understand what was really going on. You know, is it some witch in the village that is uh, killing all the livestock, or is it some disease? Um, so I, I do think that with science um, and, and our you know, increased awareness and understanding just the general public when it comes to science. I think we're less prone to a lot of claims, but at the same time, I do think that they're still extremely prevalent. I guess they're just changing, you know, that it's, uh, I mean, what, what would you say about, about that? Um, it's interesting because I, I'm thinking about old folklore <laughs> like, versus the new. So for, for example, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about, um, if you look at water horses or um, that sort of monster in the water as, as a cautionary tale of stay away from the water is dangerous. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you compare that with modern folklore, like um, 
uh, let's like Slender Man didn't really start as folklore, but it sort of developed one. Yes, yeah. and I don't know. Um, even I'm thinking about like um, urban legends. These are modern folklore, and a lot of them are around things like "Don't go off with strangers" and "Don't treat your girlfriend badly, or she may become a monster," or yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's urban a lot of. I think I think folk. I mean, I think a lot of it still has a cautionary portion to it, and uh, you know, and that's some of that is around, hey, be careful, this could kill you, and of course, there's some of it is around cautionary, hey, these are the morals of our society at this current state. If you disobey these values, bad things will happen to you. So the hook-handed dates, uh, you know, that's that kind of thing, yeah. So I think, yeah, and we've been talking a lot more about human monsters or real monsters. I mean, we just did the show on the coronavirus uh, as well, and we've done a show on well, Adolf Hitler, and um, we did the show with David Perlmutter just talking about man as monster or human as humans as monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's still that kind of element there. Um, you know, they're, they're extreme stories, but there's certainly still cautionary tales, you know, about not, not trusting people, um, being careful about your health. Um, you know, just, and, and certainly a lot of cautionary tales still for children. I mean, you know, even right now we're trying to explain to a four-year-old why we can't go to school and why we can't uh, go to the shops, why we can't go to the playground, why we, he can't see his friends. And, you know, we're having to talk about this sickness, you know, which is kind of being demonized for him. You know, he fell over a couple of days ago and was really scared because he hurt his knee and he thought he had germs in his knee and some kind of sickness of his knee. So, um, you know, it's very difficult for children to comprehend things like this. It is. It is. I, I I think if we look at the amount of nonsense that's being spread right now around the current virus issues, mm-hmm. you can see that um, the human tendency to create narrative is always going to be there, right? And now a lot of times it will be to create narrative that's entirely fictional. And what I hope we're doing with our show is giving people some of the tools they need to sort of evaluate what's real and what's not real. But I don't think, just based on the question, I I don't think we're ever going to run out of these stories um, and or the need to... You're going to turn political there for a minute. No, no, no. I'm just (laughs) saying that I I think, no, no. It's coming up in the corner. No, 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 no. I I really, one of the reasons I try to... Your your background screen turning blue. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I try to steer away from uh, politics and religion is because I think critical thinking about these topics is really important. Mm -hmm. And I think in... Even though I have political values, I think that talking about them can drive a wedge into an audience and make it not want to stick around and, and oh, yeah. listen or learn. And, and, and shut down, for sure. Yeah. And so I want to reach out to everybody regardless of their politics. And and so I just – that's that's the reason I try to – you know, if you want to see my politics, go to my Twitter feed. I, I'm not shy about it there. But here on this show, I typically just, just try to a message it. on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or or privately outside of the monster talk group, I'll be glad to talk about politics. Yeah. But but I, I like I like to think the show in general and the Facebook group in general are places where people can go and talk about monsters and 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 critical yeah. thinking and that not, not derail the conversation. Exactly, <laughs> politics is coming to it occasionally. Sometimes it's unavoidable. It is sometimes unavoidable. Um, you know, I was so delighted. My own uncle listened to an episode. He listened to the the viral episode about Corona. And um, 
I, you know, he didn't like the politics that we we briefly discussed politics in there, but very brief. But he listened. He li- you're right, right. It was a very tiny piece, you know. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I was just excited about that. It was great. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. So, as you say, staying out of politics sometimes you can reach more people and yeah, sometimes yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's gonna shut down. So uh, Gary Williams says, could you rate the seemingly never-ending procession of real-life ghost investigation shows? in descending order of awfulness, which is the least worst you've seen and why. So, and which and is the worst. No, there's too many shows. No, there's too many shows. They're terrible. Um, and I, I guess if you're talking about just on TV shows, um, uh, I, if I had to pick a worst one, you know, I, that's really a hard call because like anything with Zach Bagans is uh, pretty special. Scooby-Doo. Uh, so, somebody just posted the Scooby-Doo joke from Joel McHale. That's a great joke. Uh, I, gotta I wonder love if that. that's my husband. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's a good joke. Uh, I would I would say um, I was appalled by a lot of the things that happened on Paranormal State. That was one of those shows that I, I kind of – you know how Jason Colavito watches Ancient Aliens and blogs about it? I felt the same mm-hmm. way about Paranormal State. I wanted to just watch each episode deconstruct it and point out to people why it was wrong. Because I, I was basically rage watching it. Oh, it was so painful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, I mean, there are so many bad shows out. Uh, I, I yeah. don't know if you ever read a story, an article I wrote years ago after CFI about fact or fakes. Yes, yes. But and go ahead. You had, you had experiences with them too. That's right. I did. Um, <laughs> it's a paranormal fact or fakes. Uh, so I wrote about basically how my husband, who used to do this kind of thing as well, investigating paranormal claims, um, how he was contacted by the team from the show uh, for a video that he had uh, that was on YouTube of a Ouija board and a group of people playing with the Ouija board and the planchette moving by itself. And, of course, you know, spoiler alert, but this was just all through strings and, and uh, just magnets and things like that. And uh, so, anyway, they said, we would like to use your video for our show. And we thought, oh, this is this is cool you know, to have this video being shown on there, and then their their researchers can investigate this and see if it's if it's uh, there's truth behind it or if it's faked somehow. Um, and so anyway, they started corresponding with my husband and, and saying, look, can you do redo the video and can you make it a little bit more convincing? And so they wanted him to, you know, obviously they knew that it was faked, but all along they were wanting him to. Uh, to edit it and, and to redo it and, and make it more pronounced. And, um, I mean, not only that, but uh, I know too, uh, I'm friends with, uh, you know, with Banachek, the magician, and um, he has been contacted by a number of uh, reality TV shows over the years and asked to create effects and, and tricks and things. So, yeah. For shows I, I that... Purport right. to be real, even sometimes saying um, we want to scare our our cast. So, you know, right. I mean, you I, and I've got a lot of behind the scenes stories right. about these TV shows, and, and know that a lot of them are, are bullshit. They um, are, and uh, and I, I and I've also got friends who um, I know are smart people who I went to college with. Not calling out any names, but um, who still came through got their degree and somehow still feel that um the the ghost hunters tv show on the sci-fi channel was the science-based show and i i'm like 
you know, they've, I, they've actually become worse <laughs> over the years because my husband, again, has had a lot, had a lot of experience with the, the, um, the cast. And I think originally some of them went into it thinking, hey, we're really going to go into this and do an investigation and do research uh, and we're going to take a scientific approach. And then just over time they found that the audience was wanting bullshit. The audience was wanting, uh, you know, just scares and, um, you know, they're, they're not wanting the that? truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then there's ghost adventures as well. I think a few people are talking about Zach Baggins, yeah. Baggins. Come at me, Ghost Bro. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Have you seen exactly. Ghost Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I have. That's a, a newer show, I think. And um, someone there was one where it looked, they, 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 they look like uh, a laugh. I like. I can't. There was one. It was like they looked like a. They had like a, a trailer behind them, like they were barbecue people. But I. That's not their thing. It was. They just. <laughs> I, it was like, yeah. Uh, it. It. it, it yeah, there was that it, entertainment. Recently. It's on TV. It's got commercials. It's entertainment. That's yeah. bottom line. It's entertainment. And if you try to read more into it because it fits with your values or you believe in ghosts or whatever, that's fine. But these shows are not proving anything. They're entertainment. That's all they are. I think some of them are still good for a laugh, really. I mean, oh, someone commented, in the, yeah. commented that their kids laugh at Zach. And and uh, so you, you heard too, I think you retweeted something about it, um, how there was a, an article recently about uh, his book, what, uh, Ghost Hunting for Dummies, which really <sighs> says it all. Yeah. And how that, that was plagiarised. The book was full of plagiarism. I mean, I think Joe Nickel had been plagiarised. Yeah, it, it's a strange, strange story. I, I don't want to try to deconstruct it here because yeah. I would um, need that, to have that, that would be an episode, I think, in and of Yeah, episode. yeah. Speaking of episodes, uh, well, we've got one more question uh, that, that's listed here, which is um, how did you start this podcast originally? Um, so uh, if you don't mind me taking fielding that one, the sure. the I had become aware of podcasting through listening to Skepticality with, at the time it was Derek and Swoopy. Uh, and they are right here in the Metro Atlanta area. And um, I, I think that must've been like 2007. And when I was listening to their show, I thought, well, I'm an IT guy. This seems really easy to like put together. And I started reading up about how it worked, but I didn't really have an idea for a show. And then, um, we got into correspondence and sharing lots of information about our research, which I, by the way, we spent like a year, I think maybe just talking about after we met at dragon con, it was about I mean, a year. It was, it was um, probably, probably about eight or nine months. Yeah. It was a, it was a good chunk of time where I, I get really excited about what I'm researching about whatever it is. And I, I love having people to share it with. And so good, yeah, good we, to collaborate with people and get different perspectives. And get it totally with. is. It it's totally difficult is to do it just by yourself. Yeah. And so at some point I thought, you know, I'd been wanting to do something with this. And I, I come from a background where I had been really interested in broadcasting while I was in the Navy. I was trying to cross rate into journalist. I was a machinist mate. But um, I so I knew a little bit about journalism. I knew how to write and I knew that I wanted to be a science communicator in some capacity. And we had sort of collaborated on email. And I was like, you know, we should give this a shot, you know. And so we did. Um and, and I, I think, and I let you do it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, really, we made it. It was, I mean, the way I put it together, it was, you know, you just had to show up, right? And then we, you know, bring your skills. But yeah. it, it was, well, it was. 
Nowadays, yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we do a lot of research. You know, if we have a guest on who has written a book, then we read the oh, book. Well, I didn't mean, no, no, I just mean it's like I, I tried to – what I'm trying to say is I you think I was handling the production side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's definitely uh, – I couldn't do it alone. I love working with you, and it's it's just been a really Thank good you. collaboration. I love working with you. This has just been the so, best, and I hope we continue it, doing it for another 10 it, years. And if people so, but by the way, we're, you and I are not married. Right, that's important. Uh, it's like, uh, Not anymore. Uh, we, we hardly ever see each other. Uh, we don't but, talk anymore. But, but it's been a very good working relationship. I really have enjoyed. It all has. This. I don't think we've had any problems or, or hiccups or issues, and we get along really well. And yeah. but you're a very easygoing guy, and I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. <laughs> it's been very good. It's been very good. Yeah, uh, but what I was going to say was, we were about um, five or six episodes in when we got contacted by Daniel Loxton and Daniel does the junior skeptic at skeptic magazine. And we had, we had gotten, I think 500 listeners and Daniel said, Hey, would you like to partner with skeptic magazine? And it was like, what do we have to do? And basically all we had to do was partner with skeptic magazine. They took over the feed, uh, like handling the production or putting, putting it, I produced it and they pushed out the content. Through it. Yeah. yeah. And we went from 500 to 5,000 listeners in one episode, which was pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. So jump. I'm still very grateful for that. And I know we've separated yeah, our, our way. Time to move on. Yeah. But it was, it was very, it was a very useful relationship and I really appreciate it. And uh, I still consider Daniel to be a wonderful colleague. And if you have, if you love cryptozoology, but want to know the facts, strongly recommend you pick up his book. Uh, abominable science which he wrote with, with don prothero yeah we've yeah. had him on so, a few times um, yeah talking about so. area 51 and well, psychology behind uh cryptozoologists and a whole bunch of yeah. things so i i you know so i it, even after doing this for 10 years i i'm still not even remotely tired of it i still i still enjoy doing the show cool. i still enjoy the research so yeah i've said this so many times that um when we first kick-started this i had a a friend who said, how many episodes could you do about Bigfoot? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name mm-hmm. names. Um, but, uh, I mean, we have treated so many things. And I think, you know, all the time you and I are saying, oh, we've got to do an episode on this. Oh, we've got to talk about yep. this. There's just a, so much stuff. And we you, do have a broad definition of monsters. Um, but, I mean, we that's, do. that's fair enough. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people have different perspectives on what a monster is and uh we like just talking about the things that interest us that's fantastic i i I want can we talk for a minute let's let's see we've got it's five minutes till five minutes yes yeah we got about five minutes so um one of the things we're working on um is a new series which i'm hoping we'll get to kick off pretty soon i don't know We're, we're we're doing um debased on a true story which is we know that the movies that are based on a true story are never accurate so we're going to actually like pick a movie and it's supposedly based on a true story and actually look back and see what's the real story so we've got a we've got several of well we got a chunk of these lined up so i'm I'm pretty excited about it yeah Uh, are we going to use those for monster talk and yeah yeah that the idea was to like do an episode on some of this so this will be more um it'll be interesting because it's got a cinematic part to it but it also has like some deep dive stuff i'm i'm really excited uh, well let me let's talk about the changeling that's the one i'm, I'm doing a lot of research on right now mm-hmm. uh which is a, a movie it's a ghost movie it's got george c scott so this should be a fun little new format thing we're going to look into because it'll let us talk about a movie 
but at the same time, we'll talk about the ghost story behind it or the monster story behind it and how the reality differentiates from um, what was presented on screen. Um, well, yeah, it's it, amazing it, how many movies are you know, based on a true story. Exactly. And, You're right. and there's, there's no fact there at all uh, behind it, behind the scenes. It's, it's just still interesting What do we think about BuzzFeed's show Unsolved? I haven't had a chance to watch it. I've heard it's pretty good, but I don't know. I haven't, have not seen it. No. Yeah. 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 That's definitely on the list. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you the the, the the blob on the list. The blob is uh, not currently on the list, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) one that, the one that you wouldn't expect uh, that I do have on the list is uh, the Hills have eyes. Um, because even though you wouldn't think so, The Hills Have Eyes is based on uh, the story of Sawney Bean, uh, which is a, a family of cannibals that allegedly lived in a cave. And uh, I don't want to spoil how that turns out. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that Thank should be fun. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, we're a little we're well, getting close to our hour. What, what else do we have here? We got a lot of questions here. Yeah, a lot of questions. But I think there was one one person had just commented rather than questioning and just saying that. Uh, I think he was a teacher and that he uh, was just really looking forward to to this show uh, and that he's, you know, people who are still having to, to work, um, you know, during this time. I mean, we're really privileged to be able to, to self-isolate and, and be at home when there are doctors and nurses and um, people working in grocery stores who are working yes. so hard yes. for us now um, and, and facing sickness um, and so I think we just want to thank those people for, for everything Absolutely. they're doing right now. And, um, you know, hopefully people who are working now will be able to tune into this. So what are we going to do with the show? We're going to put it up on YouTube. Yeah, it'll be up on Facebook initially. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll try to, ex- I'll, I'll extract the, the video and audio and see if I can post it on, uh, YouTube. Yeah, we can go for another, I wish I could oh. go for another hour. I have Thank to work you. tomorrow. That's very kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to decide if we're going to do this weekly. I mean, I think during this time, it's nice to just, you know, connect and, and catch up with people. And It is. Um, I, so. we'll, we'll figure that out because, uh, uh, but but I, I I hope this this time was great. This this time was perfect for me. Um, so uh, I, this, I'm, this works I'm, for me too. I think, uh, yeah. you know, who, who knows how long this is going to last. Initially, I was thinking weeks now. It seemed more like months, but we don't know. It might be, but um, if it does turn out to be that 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 long, um, I, as long as I can afford to pay my internet bill, I, I certainly have no. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. It's nice to actually see you when we're talking. We don't normally use video when we're doing our interviews, so uh, I think it would it, be fun too if we could manage this to bring someone on the show too. Uh, yeah, we can handle up to four people on this stream software. So. Okay, daily. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, if we, if someday, if someday, if our Patreon money became, you know, substantial enough, I, it, that's certainly a dream Karen and I have. If we had enough money to pay all our bills, we could do this full time <laughs> easily. I have that would be so cool. many things I would research, so many things I would create if I had the free time and the money. But yeah, but certainly yeah. in the meantime, you know, uh, we, we have time on our hands <laughs> outside of everything else we're doing. So I think we should, uh, yeah, try and try and do this uh, weekly. Yeah. See, see where things go and um but me yeah, possibly have some guests in in future episodes and um, hey adam <laughs> sorry i yeah anyway <laughs> getting distracted oh, no. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying. Try, I'm trying to actually coordinate these names. Uh, so I, I've got so, two so things. Someone said, yeah. "Better damn well clear up by DragonCon." Yeah, yeah, otherwise, Adam. yeah. yeah. <laughs> otherwise, DragonCon is going to be a, a great place to pick it up. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah, it's not just. I've never I been so up. sick as when I picked up the crud. <laughs> yeah, from DragonCon. Crud is the worst. That's true. It's, it's yeah. terrible. So, all right. Well. I thank you for everybody who showed up tonight. We really appreciate it. And um, there's one final question you should you should probably answer. I'm not a Scotch drinker. What's Bigfoot's favorite brand of Scotch? Ooh, good lord! I have no idea. That would probably be one I'd have to research. You better uh, do some re- intensive yeah. research this week. I, some, some I, I actually, I Bigfoot would be more <laughs> of a bourbon, frozen now. <laughs> a bourbon guy, and that Nessie would be more of a Scotch person. You know, so that's just my guess. So yeah. <laughs> I've frozen here. I don't know if you can hear me anymore. Oh, have you frozen really? I have, yeah. Oh well, no. As far as I can see, anyway. So. Oh no, You're, I'm still moving and stuff here. I see you okay. moving. Well, I, I okay. look like I've frozen, but anyway, it's we're, after eight, so I guess we should. Yeah, sign out. We'll, we'll go ahead and stop. Thank you, everybody who took time to Thank come you by for and, tuning in and listen to us yep. drone on, and we'll, we'll try and do this next week too, and come up with. Yeah. Something right this second, about. I think we could probably pull off next week at nine without too much trouble. Yeah, cool. so. sounds good. Love All you right. guys. Thank you for for listening and tuning in and and being here for us. And and be safe. Be careful. Yeah, take take yeah. care. Yeah. We're worried about everyone and us. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Good, Good night, night, everybody. Monster Talk. You've been listening to a podcast version of Monster Talk Live, a special feature that we recorded during 2020. Links to the video version of these episodes are in the show notes. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll work to continue to provide good content there, including more streaming events in the future. Monster Talk is a listener-supported program, and your subscription at patreon.com forward slash monster talk sustains us during these difficult times. Thank you for your support and for your positive reviews. I'm Blake Smith, and along with my co-host Karen Stolzno, We ask you to join us in being the voice of reason and science in a world that's perilous with nonsense, superstition, and dangerous misinformation. Shine your lights, everyone. Even a flickering candle can be seen for miles in the darkness. And together, we are stronger. Monster Talk theme music is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. Thank you so much for listening.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 